Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just $60, bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Ethan Suplee. Welcome to American Blood. Outside of acting, my two favorite things to do are diet and eat. I have a very complicated relationship with food, and on this podcast, we're going to talk about all of it. Food as entertainment. Food as sport. Food as fuel. I'll talk to experts and the average person, just like you and me. Stay tuned after our interview. This week, instead of answering questions from our website, we decided to do the asking, and we got Ron Howard to rap about health. The following episode contains adult themes and may not be suitable for listeners under 18. I want you to really read this as Paige failed, okay? Because she did. She allowed me and my very special guest to say some things that might upset some people. And it could make some other people very happy. But not my wife. So there's your advisory. Today we talk to my friend Michael Malice. Michael is an accomplished author, columnist, and media personality. He frequently appears as a cultural and political commentator on such television shows as Red Eye and Kennedy. What I know he wrote is Dear Reader, the unauthorized autobiography of Kim Jong-il, and The New Right, a journey to the fringe of American politics. Please enjoy this episode. You're welcome. Michael Malice, welcome to American Glutton. Thank you. Thank you for coming. So I often will, forced to perceive life through my own perspective, I think only of people with dietary goals as elite athletes or morbidly obese people as I was. And so then I got to know you. Yeah. And it turns out we have much more in common than I thought because you too have... I know you like to call them regimens. Why are you putting the quotes? Because I don't say the word very well. It has the word men in it. Yes. Right? Women have diets. We discussed this. Yes. Yeah. I told her on the first episode that I should call it a regimen. Yeah. But I still don't feel that I say that word well. You, I, you didn't I, say it right. I know. It's not regimen. It's I, not French. Well, it's fe- French. Yeah, yeah you exactly. You have a funny pronunciation of the G there. Yeah. Regimen. Yeah. Regimen. Regimen. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> English is my second language. What is your excuse? I, I, I don't say that word well. Okay. But plan. Then you could say plan yes. instead of diet. A dietary plan? A eating plan. <laughs> An eating plan. Yes. Okay, good. An Ethan plan. Which goes along with goals. Yes. So I just wanted to talk to you about that because I think you will have a different perspective than, than the kind of the standard American, I just need to lose weight. Well, I haven't talked about this much, and I'm glad to talk about it here. I have a full-blown 100% eating disorder, full-blown 100% body dysmorphia, not joking, not exaggerating. It starts from when I was a kid. So I was always extremely thin as a kid, and there was never one point in one day not once, when I wasn't told I'm too thin. Now, if you can imagine Einstein coming home and his wife telling him every day how smart he is, which is true. After a while, Einstein's going to be like, why do you keep saying this? I was a child. So this really did a number on me. And now I'm at the point realizing it's never going to be fixed. So I was like 100 pounds when I went to college. I'm 5'6". So like totally skeletal. Because as anyone who's had eating issues knows, it's not about the food, it's about a sense of control, right? So all the women who often have eating disorders as teenagers, they're just having that sense of control of their lives or their bodies. It's not really about the food and people don't get that. And the first, for some reason, for the first time I was ever hungry was when I was in college. So I was like eight, 17 when the first time I experienced hunger in my life. And I'm walking around and I was feeling kind of dizzy. I'm like, oh, this is hunger. And I went to eat and I gained weight because once I was away from my family and food stopped being a struggle, then it became something normal. Um, and in fact, I remember once when I was a kid, they took me to the doctor and the doctor said, if he doesn't want to eat, don't give him food and he'll get hungry at some point. And after like a day, they're like, okay, this experiment's over. But I, as I was saying, I stopped talking to half of my family because I'm like, okay, I need you to stop as an adult. I said, I need you to stop talking to me about my weight and food and about money because they literally, I'm not misusing that word, could not understand how you can pay your rent without going to an office. It doesn't make sense to them. And uh, then it became, and this is going to be very familiar, possibly to you guys and to a lot of listeners, oh, I'm such a bad person. Just give me a list of what I can't talk about. I'm so horrible. Here's the list. It's two things. That's it. Right. This shouldn't be that hard. And they couldn't do it. And at, at that point, I'm like, I can't have this relationship because this is having really lifelong consequences for me psychologically and physically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. See, I had the, I had kind of the opposite thing. My grandparents would get on me about my weight, but then my parents would stop them. And my parents never really got on me about weight. And so, you know, the diets I did were kind of like, hey, son, are you interested in a diet? And I'd go like, okay. And then I'd be put on a diet, but it wasn't there wasn't much emphasis put on it. And, and I was just able to get really carried away. So for me, it took me becoming an adult and like making, actually making decisions about it to change. But I can't imagine what it would be. I, I sometimes have a, a des, like a retrogressive desire to have had parents who were like whip crackers about food. No, you don't want it. Right. You don't want it. It's not better. I'm telling you it's not right. better because it gives you a complex that you'll never be rid of. Then at the end of the day, so- if your parents instilled this This is grandparents, you, grandma. Right, grandma. Okay. Yeah, the grandparents were a pain in my ass too. Yeah. What's the solution, do you think, as a parent, and I know you're not a parent, but I'm a parent, or for parents listening, because I go back and forth more with, with the idea of drug use. Sure. Because I'm also sober, of trying to put no restrictions on drugs and alcohol 
simply because I don't want to enforce some kind of a, like a sneaky desire to do stuff without me knowing. But I think the same would apply for food, especially in America, where food is used as entertainment and control. Yeah. What do you think we do? I had a friend named Marsha who ran these things called cuddle parties, which are something funny to laugh at. But when you think about it, they're actually not that funny. So the premise of the cuddle party is you get a lot of people together and they cuddle because human physical contact is important. And a lot of times people don't even have that. And I, you know, I, I broke down after I laughed about it, I'm like, oh, this actually is, is kind of makes sense because, you know, some people don't have that physicality in their lives. And I'm like, how do you stop people from getting raped? And, you know, all these other things, how to keep from getting sexual. And she said, one of the rules is, and this is one of the most profound things anyone's ever said. She said, um, people will take as much space as you give them and that we are all responsible for establishing and holding our boundaries. So what I would say to any parent, not that I'm a parent, so I could be talking out of my ass, is allow your children to establish boundaries because if you respect their boundaries, I suspect they'll be that much more receptive to telling you when something is an issue. So if they're like, look, dad, grandma and grandpa, this is really messing with my head. Can we, and you're going to empathize with them. They're not saying, you know, anything unreasonable. They're saying, this is giving me a complex. And I think anyone knows a teenager girl, but increasingly teenage guys are like going to have body issues. And, you know, it's easy to blame the media, but it's, it's true. Like there's so much Instagram and all this other stuff. And, you know, even when I was a kid to be like, okay, I, maybe they don't get it because they're older, but you certainly can see the perniciousness of this because your body's changing. You're not going to have that much control of it. You're not going to know what's going on. And it's very easy to think that your body is somehow wrong. And if they get that Uh, image locked in their head at that age, it's really bad because we all kind of see ourselves as we were in high school. Like I had a former like fitness coach, right? And he's really jacked, but I will always make fun of him because he's FIHS, fat in high school. And in his head, he'll always be fat in high school. And I will always throw that in his face. Yeah. And you can't, you you cannot grow out of that. You cannot grow out of it. And and here's something else that's funny. There's this, um, if I'm getting in like better shape, and I know, you know, I've talked about this. If someone gives me any kind of compliment, I perceive it emotionally. And I don't know if this is ever going to change. Like the, the fat girl in the prom dress, right? She doesn't have a date. And I, first of all, I think heavy girls can look good very easily. I, I completely think that she doesn't have a date. She looks good for her, but she's still going to be the fat girl at the prom, right? So anytime I hear, oh, you look good. I think, okay, you look like less of a pile of crap. Right. Yeah. Still a pile of crap. That, yeah. that is the asterisk. Yeah. And I've actually gotten really, really lean and I've looked at myself and people are telling me you're too thin. And I'm like, you don't know what that means. There's no such thing. And then I'll see myself on TV and I'm like, oh, I yeah. look really, really sick. And I'm like, good. Yeah. That's what I want. Yeah. That's what yeah. I want. I want I people to want sunk to in sick. cheeks. Yeah. yeah. I have a dimple that shows up at a certain body fat percentage that does not exist otherwise. Yeah. So I know when that dimple appears that I'm I'm heading into the right area. Yeah. You know? So, okay. So you give your parents and grandparents the two subjects that are off limits. Yeah. It was mostly grandparents. Like, yeah, these are the two things. And? And they couldn't do it. So I haven't talked to them and grandfather just passed away. Haven't talked to grandma since uh, July 19th, 2010. Wow. 10 years. Yeah. So nine and a half years. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But it wasn't just this, but it certainly was. I understand. uh, What do you want me to do? I've given you a very easy very objective barrier. I keep telling you this is a problem. You can't just throw your hands in the air and be like, what am I supposed to do? It's This is not 
a, uh, some kind of Rube Goldberg device, like P.B. Herman at the beginning of Peace Playhouse, where the, the marble falls in and there's a gerbil and there's the fan turns. Just don't talk about this. Yeah. And stop trying to force me to eat. Right, right. And well, I eat seven meals a day now. Yeah, by the way, I look at you. You're great. You don't need to worry about anything. That's a lie. Uh, of course, because I realize that no matter what I look like, that state, I will never achieve that state of feeling that way. That, that's not true. I, I do know that there was a point in time where I was like 50 pounds heavier than I am now. And I was just like, this is fine. Yeah. Like, I, what do I have to, I don't have to, I wasn't working out really. I wasn't doing anything. And I was just like, I don't need to lose weight. And my wife said, yes. Sadly, you do. You have to lose weight. <laughs> Sorry, so I did. Yeah. By the way, I think, and I think it was all water. American history triple X. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> and she wants it to be more like Triple H. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Well, good luck with that. I mean, right. oh my God. Yeah. I said to her after the holidays, "Do you think I should do a bulk? Do you think I should actually try for the first time to like build muscle?" And she was like, "No, you look a little flat. You should. You're soft. Like you should reduce." Oh, wow. The lines aren't sharp enough. Okay. Okay. So here <laughs> yeah, we go. We're yeah. still Good. doing this. Yeah. I'm on a cut right now. I need my cum gutters back. So yeah. once that happens, I'll be a little happy. Yeah. Yeah. Gabo on Twitter referenced cum gutters. I said something about abs and he said cum gutters. I actually didn't know what that was. I had the Urban Dictionary look it I up. I don't even know what it means. Yeah. Although I love the term. Yeah. I'm afraid that I'm figuring it out right now, that yeah. that's the term. Is it that sort of cut like... Yeah, that's exactly it. And I, mean, I don't know why just, they're called cum gutters. It's all the all the areas in the abdominal section that have grooves for a liquid to run down. No, but it's specifically the hip flexors. It's is the that bee. it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But okay. I don't know who, is it my cum? Some other dude's cum? I don't, I don't know. know who's cum. I don't know. I, I'm slightly horrified. <laughs> but it's a great term. <laughs> Did we just get canceled? I, I think we might. We okay. might. This cum is canceled. Yeah, yeah, cum canceled. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have specific goals you're working towards? Cum gutters is my goal right That's now. That's it. Yes. So cum gutters is your goal. And also a bicep vein. Okay. Now, once you get that, do you then make new goals or do you then, I'm like, tell, what's I, the... I'm already thinking three steps ahead because I'm okay. an insane person. Yeah. Once I get my abs back, I will never, ever lose them. <laughs> if I have to commit genocide, right. wouldn't even lose a wink of sleep. I'm yes. like, sorry, you know, Estonia, you're off the you're map. Gone. It's yeah. done. It's not, not even an issue. I value my six pack more than 60 million people in Estonia. Yeah. Um, then I'm just going to do the problem with being, uh, having a small frame is it's easier to look really ripped and lean. But then if you're in clothes, you look like a child. Right. Okay. But uh, see, my dad was the Ethan Suppley of his school. He was like twice as big as the other kids in Russia, in Russia. So he was a very wealthy man. He loved his ice cream. Right. So I don't know how they got it, but they got it for him. My mom still is like 110 pounds. Wow. So if I gain like 2% body fat, my face becomes this pumpkin Russian head. Like it looks <laughs> like Mayor McCheese. If I lose the weight, I get the triangle mom face. So once that returns fully, I'm just going to do like a lean gains, yeah. but it's going to be very, very hard. Right. And slow. And slow. Does the slow aspect, because this is another point of, of anxiety and anxiousness that I've had to really talk myself through lately. Because when I started losing weight, I lost 80 pounds in two months, 2002. Jesus. Yeah. I was massive though. So it wasn't, there was no sense of like, I want to retain muscle. It was just, 
I need to lose weight. Well, because you had to work hard to be that ho- that heavy. Right. So once you start putting in the effort, so to speak, to keep that body weight, it's going to fall away. Yeah, basically sat and watched Food Network for two months and just ate very, very little. It was yeah. a liquid diet and 80 pounds disappeared in two months. And so that was 18 years ago now. And now I have way more specific goals. If I do a strict diet, I can lose. If I do a very strict uh, eating plan, eating plan, yes. A diet requires willpower, right? And therefore, I don't think diets are sustainable. Okay. If you're saying, I'm going to do this, it's everyone has finite willpower. And when that fails, it's a bad spiral because then you get off the diet and then it's like, what's the point? Didn't work. A regimen is, this is something I stick to every day that doesn't require willpower. So if you're eating the same meals every day, you don't have to think about it. You're not right. struggling where like, yeah. oh, I really want this popcorn. It's like, no, no, no. I know what I'm going to eat tomorrow. So taking the thought out of it takes the willpower out of it. And I think that's a much more effective mechanism for everybody. Do you ever do cheat meals? Uh, yeah. I'll okay. have a, uh, on, on Monday, after I, I'm doing another show, I'm going to have, because I'm doing keto while I'm here, I'm going to have such a binge that Rosie O'Donnell is going to be like, damn. <laughs> And you've planned it out. Like, you know where you're going. I haven't planned it out. Okay. I'm going to do like, you know, like when you're five and you're like in the mall and it's locked and you're like, oh my God, I'm in the mall. Yeah. I don't know where I'm going to go. There's going to be ice cream. There's going to be, um, I don't even know. Right. It's going to be, it's going to be, it's going right. to be a terrifying bitch. Like vomitorium style. Vomitorium. Insanity. Yeah. 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 God, I love that. Although I'm so crazy now that my like i cheated while i'm here but my cheating was like extra sashimi right with protein <laughs> right yeah my cheat yesterday was a chicken breast yeah that yeah. was my cheat some cheat wasn't very exciting <laughs> my kids were not impressed <laughs> my kids are always interested in what my cheat meal is going to be and it's very infrequent they'll tell me like it's been a while are you sure you no, don't I'll, want a burger? I'll, I'll cheat with sushi. Like, okay. I'll go to the sushi place and binge. Right. But that's really not that bad of a cheat. It's not even really a cheat. But the thing is, because it's a regimen and not a diet, like, I don't eat healthy. Right. Like, I have a bag full of gummy worms every day. Yeah. I have cereal every day because I need those carbs. So if I want to replace that cereal with a scoop of ice cream, I easily can. Yeah. Also, your goals are different than my goals. So, like, me, who's only trying to lose fat for... 18 years, basically. I'm not at that stage yet. Like I, when I was talking to my wife about doing a bulk, that was my thought. Like, then I'll get to, you know, have some quick acting sugar in the gym or something like that. I'm just not there yet. It's hard to get a lot of carbs and not want to throw up. Like I, I, like these bodybuilders eat like rice, like 10 times a day. Rice is not that carb heavy and that fills you up a lot. So forcing that down, I wouldn't have the willpower. Yeah, and the amount of protein I have to eat, I find to be really difficult. Really? How many grams of protein? 300. Okay, I don't think that's that hard. It's like three and a half pounds of chicken breast or three pounds of chicken breast, roughly. One thing of core power is 42. Oh, yes, if I add in protein shakes. Yes, protein shakes, 25 grams per scoop. So that's already two scoops in a pro, that's 150 already. And then a lunch of sushi, that's 75, that's 225. Jesus, you're at 300 grams by three o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. So you're doing it, this stuff about... I'm trying to eat food, like vegetables and protein and rice, a lot of rice. Maybe you're doing it the better way, the healthier way. I mean, who knows? I don't know. I, we're, yeah, we're both talking I don't know ass. either. Yeah, exactly. I, it is working, but, it, but as far as like the time required, 
especially if I get into the time required plus the outcome that I secretly want, which is on the scale, which I know kind of means nothing now because I'm also doing DEXA scans to like really tell me how much lean tissue I have and how much fat and how much fat I'm losing. Prior to this, I was losing almost 50-50 fat and muscle. That's bad. Yeah. That's really bad. Terrible. And now I'm losing, I lost, the last time I had it checked, I lost six pounds of fat and just under a pound of muscle, which was good. I was happy with that. But it's slow. Does the time requirement? Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. I know you talk about an eating plan. So are you daily looking for statistics that you can write yeah, down so or every, know? Every day I weigh myself in the morning and I take a waist measurement. Okay. So I'm down an inch and a half off my waist in the last month. Since I saw you last. Yeah. So I am, my body naturally is lean. Yeah. Well, for sure your face is. Your Good, face was round as a basketball the yeah, last the time pub, I saw you. Yeah, yeah. My dad face. Yeah. What's really interesting for me as a female is that <laughs> I, I only think of women thinking like this. Like it's been very insightful. And especially now just with the two of you, like I always think of just women having these kinds of, you know, plans and I don't know, whatever you want to call it, but I think I would no, but I think that's valid. I pretty much think of only women and me Mm -hmm. or me and very fat people thinking like this. I live with women, so I get to see how a very thin woman could still be super concerned with something that I'm like, that is not an issue that I'm aware of in you. Actually, the more we do this, I think that it applies to quite a few people. Yeah. This actually is a huge issue with young males and increasingly so. When you and I were kids, like He-Man was on TV and it's not 
physically possible for a guy to get to that size without like massive steroids because right. he's modeled after a literal bodybuilder. And now we have numbers of eating disorders among males is increasing at a far higher rate than females. Steroid abuse among young males is through the roof. There's also less space, although decreasingly so, for males to talk about these issues because it's a girl problem or it's like, oh, suck it up, you're a dude. So these are both not good responses to a young man having these kind of psychological issues. Yeah. Yeah. And you're a mom. So it's yeah. it's like to have, if your son's like, I have a problem, can you imagine being like, oh, you're a guy, just that's not a thing. It's like, wait, what? Right. No, but I know your son, her, her son never thought of as a heavy, I mean, he was never even overweight. He was on diets, mm-hmm. different diets at times where I would just be like, is this guy on a yeah. diet for? Yeah, yeah. I never thought of him that way either. But then he would tell me how he would think back on himself in high school and then, See? you know, pudgy this or the girl that made fun of him walking down the hall or these things that I never knew. And then, yeah, as an adult, he's much more interested in health and was, you know, going to the gym a couple of years ago and like trying to add muscle and do the whole thing. But I never thought of him that way. Would never think to to say something like, deal with it. You're a guy, you know, no, whatever. No, i you would, but to have yeah, the culture's but telling to, him that. Exactly. Yeah. I think, too, that there are certainly, there must be people just with genetics that allow them to have a six-pack without effort. Oh, yeah. Those people should be are the first ones up against the wall. <laughs> yeah. I agree. <laughs> yeah. But if Estonia? I Estonia and then six pack. Yeah. Yeah. First six pack first. Uh, Natural six pack, no, then Estonia. Well, no, the Estonia gives me my six pack. Right. Then we kill. Okay, just for fun. Yeah. Yeah. But I think more often than not, the people that you see at the beach with their shirts off are actually putting effort into it. Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. Which is something I also never, you know, just never considered to be a thing. What do you mean? I mean, I walked around really going like there's two types of people. There's people that don't think about what they're doing and turn out like me. And there's people that don't think about what they're doing and turn out like the Uh, guy with the six pack. And the people that think about what they're doing are Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like that was my concept growing up of like your body's going to do this. My body's going to do this. And if you put effort into it, you become a bodybuilder or something like that. Yeah, I, I think that's true. Like a lot of guys are naturally fit, especially when they're young. But yeah. like, I think increasingly like, you know, going to the gym and being effective with it, there's so much information on the internet and it's such a kind of a thing yeah. uh, that it's kind of become increased in popularity. Yeah, And it's also really funny, like if you read these fitness boards, like the like the social autism kicks in. So they're like, how do I show off my gains without looking like a tryhard right. on these dating apps. Yeah. So they have to do all these kind of workarounds. Right. So it's like Halloween costume yeah. at the beach with your friends. Yeah. <laughs> Just to have that photo. Yeah. Oh my God. I didn't even think about that. There's so many layers of effort that go into all of oh, this. I've, I've been down this rabbit hole for a very long time. Okay. L- l- let me ask you this. I guess it's the uh, total opposite for me when, cause I was heavy as a kid And that's what I'm trying to get away from. So I have a little bit of a fear of when I go to do a bulk, if I ever go to like, I'm going to build muscle now. I have a fear like, like, like an addict going like, I'm going to have a drink. Like it's that kind of thing. It's not the train that kills you. It's the first car. Exactly. And then I'm on just on this path now and it gets away from me. When you do a cut, do you have that? When I went on the bulk, it was... Uh, one of the worst decisions of my life really? because I lost all my definition. My face got fat. I'm like, oh no, my God, worst of all worlds. So even though I put on 20 pounds, I was not happy about it. Right. So now cutting back down, um, I'm going to stay 
there. Yeah. And there's something also insidiously perverse and demented in my psychology if I'm in a room knowing I'm leaner than everybody else. Yeah. It's very twisted and it's there. Yeah. And I'm fine with it. Yeah. I, I actually had a very, very thin buddy who was working out a couple of years ago. And I said to him, why don't you get back in the gym? You're really small right now. And I, I don't mean that in a judgmental yeah, yeah. way, but I'm, when he was working out, he was like super stoked to be big and he was pretty big. And he said, no, no, I'm good. I'm, I'm at 9% body fat now. And I'm really happy with that. And I said, you're not, you're not, you're not anywhere near 9%. And he said, yeah, I am. No, he's not. And I said, listen, I just did a DEXA scan. I'll pay for yours. I'm at 14% and I'm less than you. And he made me a hundred dollar bet and I won. Yeah. And he was at 15%, which is good for just, yeah, it is. The only effort he was putting into it is like eating fish. Yeah. Instead of steaks, I think was his big effort. But I'm with you on that, that sense of like, because also for me, when I put on a shirt, that's not tight, I feel fat. Yeah. You know, so it, nothing's showing. There's no muscle definition showing. There's no sense of being lean, but I know it's there. Yeah. It's, I, I don't know. And I think what, uh, for me and like I have friends also who, who are into this, it's about, okay, I have a demon in my brain. He's always going to be there. Let's be friends. <laughs> Let's work together. Right. But if I fight him, it's, 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 I can't win. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I see. I think my demon is good at just monotonous repetition no my i want to be like my pants are all falling off like size 28 pants all falling wow. off like the, i want to be back at that yeah and also like the veins start popping in yeah. different places which women find gross which is also <laughs> <Right>. fun <laughs> right. it's like oh yeah like i'm disgustingly lean yeah. great yeah yeah <laughs> and then you're gonna continue to build right do a lean bulk yes right do you have metrics in mind are there numbers that you're going after i have a gold body okay you know like i I have my friends very into this so i'm like okay this is the goal look and do you believe that when you get there it will still be the goal why are you doing this i'm just curious because i'm asking you questions that apply to me i I, i'm here in la (laughs) having a good time and then you have to drop this listen i'm not you listen i'm not suggesting you change that goal now i think the goal is valid but i just know for myself every time i hit a goal that goal is irrelevant the day I hit it. It no longer exists as a goal. There's no celebration. It's an immediate, I'm still X or I'm still Y or okay. whatever it is. Grandma? <laughs> <laughs> the end of your friendship yeah. today. Yeah. Jesus. Confronting realities. Okay. So you're cutting. I'm cutting. How's life cutting? I love it. Yeah. I, I love being hungry. Yeah, I love when I'm in LA and I'm just not eating any carbs. Like right. I had yesterday, I had half a serving of rice. So going to bed knowing I didn't eat any carbs at all. Yeah. Because the issue is when you go on these on a trip, you can't stick to your eating plan, right? right. Uh, and you have Thank a meltdown. You. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, what's the workaround? I'm going to just go keto and know I'm not going to be able to get you know too many carbs, or whatever. And I was on a trip to the Midwest a couple of weeks ago, and I lost. For like four days, I was so like freaking out. I lost two pounds. Right. Like that doesn't happen in the Midwest. Yeah, over no. four days, impossible. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, because it is. It, it can be for many people the disruption of your regimen. Yeah, that can throw you off. So if it's travel or something different in your schedule or I don't know what, then yeah, it's it's hard to stick to something. And so so you do keto because you think that's 
is that easier for you when you're traveling to find I do what keto you need? when I'm traveling. Okay. Because then I know I'm not it's, going over. And mm-hmm. and I think since keto has become more popular, there are people more amenable to providing stuff that's keto. And it's not hard. I just got for breakfast I had a burger, right? right. So I just talk off the bun. Yeah, it's, it's super easy. I, it's, yeah. I did a movie in Louisiana, which is a real tough place to be on a diet. Oh yeah. I just went to Well, you could say regimen there. Yes, for sure, because I say it French. They all know what I'm saying. Yeah, he's one of us. Yeah, I just went to Whole Foods salad bars. That, yeah, that was pretty much. You get the chicken or I tuna. Ate. Yeah, yeah, and it was that wasn't hard, and it, yeah. and I stayed in keto. Keto is really easy for traveling. Since I've been doing high protein with carbs and low fat, I've taken my food everywhere. Like when I saw you in New York over the whatever holiday that was that I saw you. I literally had a bag full of food yeah. with me that I just brought around. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's uh I I don't think keto is sustainable long term. I don't know how people do it. I did it for a while, but I I did find that when I did it to lose weight, I would lose muscle too. And I also think if you have a regimen that doesn't have a release valve, uh, you're setting yourself up to failure. Yeah. So if I'm going to a wedding. I'm going to figure out ahead of time that I can have that cake and not freak out about it. Like yeah. it's really important that if you have a, to me for a system that works very long term, that if you're at an event or you're going to a dinner or a date, that you can have something and not have a panic attack. Yeah, and that I think was part of the problem that I ran into eventually with keto was we celebrate the holidays in full force in my family. And my wife mostly has a huge extended family that generally come to our house. And, you know, after 18 years now of me dieting over holidays, she's kind of like, can you just fucking be in like, she's seen me eat like a normal person and not have panic attacks or meltdowns or whatever you want to call it. Like it's not super destructive, but if I'm dieting, I just don't fuck around. And I found that now, I am able to have stuff. I can work it into my calories for the day and and be perfectly okay with having a very small piece of cake or pie or something like that. The other thing is I don't not into food at all. Like I just use food as like a nutrition mechanism. So I don't really I'm not really tempted right. by most food unless it's like you know like certain sweets that I like, like bubblegum ice cream or whatever. Right. Bubblegum ice cream. Oh, my God. Is bubblegum ice cream a flavor or are there chunks of bubblegum in it? It's a flavor with chunks of bubblegum. You get in Baskin-Robbins, it comes out in the spring, and a certain asshole from Brooklyn (laughs) will go around every Baskin-Robbins in New York City (laughs) seeing if they got it in. And if they have got it in, I'm there every day getting my two scoops, putting it on Insta because I'm so happy because here's how you eat it you're eating the bubble the ice cream and you're putting the pieces of ice cream in your cheek like right. a squirrel right so by the and time you're done them? yeah and then you chew them. oh my god and it's like a like the wrigley's big chew or whatever yeah like when we were kids in the shredded gum and you'd get like a baseball sized piece oh of it's, gum so, at the good. End. it's mm-hmm. so good it's so good it tastes so good amazing and if you eat enough some have said uh, it will change the color of your poop really <laughs> Because it's all all the gum is dyed crazy colors. It's pink. It's all pink. Oh, it's like wow. pink bubblegum ice cream. Yeah. Wow. So there's another, there's a blue bubblegum ice cream here in LA at the farmer's market, which is not as good. 
I, I don't think I, I didn't even know there was bubblegum ice cream. Oh, it's the I didn't best. know that yeah, was a thing. Yeah, I had it a, a lot as a kid. It's great. Yeah, if you live near a Baskin Robbins, was it 33 flavors? 31, or something? yeah. Yeah, 31, yeah. You thought it was 33? Well, there was a third. So, okay, in Chicago, we had 31 flavors, which was Baskin Robbins yeah. then, and there was Bressler's, which I don't even know if that still exists, and I think they were 33. Oh, that's too better. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I can't, I don't know how they failed in Baskin Robbins. <laughs> well, also the insanity of like this, I used to do stand up 20 years ago how Baskin Robbins has an even number of bins. Right. So this 31 is a lie. Bullshit. Yeah. It's just something they swap out. Yeah. Or it's like some special that sucks that they don't serve that's like kept in a refrigerator behind the tank. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I'm, that is my favorite food. Yeah. That and p- pickled garlic. Pickled garlic? Have you ever had it? No. It's sweet. Really? Yeah. Hmm. It's the best thing. Okay. I got to try this. Yes. I'm going to try both of these. I'm going to come to New York in the spring and we're going to eat these things. We can even look now for pink bubblegum ice cream here. No, no, I'm I'm still cutting. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm not on vacation. All right. Michael Mouse, is there anything that you think, any words of advice that you think could help somebody who has not begun a journey like yours? What do you mean? A journey of uh, mental illness yeah. and a lifelong? Yeah. How do you get somebody to become mentally ill? Like if you could just <laughs> flip a switch in somebody right now and turn on a little crazy. By the way. Any crazy you have is counteracting crazy you had before, I think. Oh, no, no. What a, this is just me riding the wave. Sure. Like like I said, this demon's been planted in my head. Yeah. And I can never get rid of him. So I'm going to be friends with him. Yeah. So that's what it is. It's like owning your insanity. That's right. It's not the ideal situation. The ideal situation is not having the insanity. I know, but I, I, I agree with you for sure. Not having insanity is better than having insanity. I just think the more and more that I look at this, I think everybody's got a touch of it. Is that do you do you have a touch of this? Oh, for sure. Okay. Yeah, for sure. I'm I'm either on a diet or I'm off a diet. Okay. I grew up with my stepmother would always say, You should wear black, it makes you look thinner. You know, That's so I think horrible. we've all yeah. had those things, I think, as kids. I mean, maybe not everybody. Probably not our kids, because we're not like that to our kids, you know, but I think it was a different generation. So but yeah. Should we be like that to our kids? But Maybe they're, getting we should it from, start. they're getting it from their peer group and yeah. they're getting it from social you know, media, getting social magazines. Media. Yeah. It exists. And I don't think that there's any work. It's easy to blame, you know, all these places. I don't think there's any workaround because every culture is going to have an image of the idealized human form. Yes. You can't not have that. Right. So you're going to compare yourself to that to some extent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think at some point that I just know that I feel like when I'm aimed at something, when I'm focused on going somewhere, whether I believe I'll get there or not, I'm happier than when I'm just going like, fuck, it's all impossible. Actually, I will give advice. And this is actually really, really helpful advice. If you are, I'm huge, and you and I have talked about this, advocate of going to the gym for mental health. And here's why. If you're single, if you're unemployed, your brain, for evolutionary reasons, will scream at you resource scarcity and will tell you, you're never going to get a girlfriend again. You're never going to get a job. The phone's not ringing. You're done. And that is a lie. Your brain is very convincing. It knows how to talk to you in your own voice. And it's crippling. If you go to the gym, even if you know what you're doing, and you do your curls or your bench press, those numbers are going to go up week to week. You will have quantifiable data to tell your brain I'm doing, A, I'm doing something, today wasn't wasted, and B, I'm improving. 
So uh, my life is going in a positive direction. You don't have to bust your ass. You can just put in 50% effort an hour, you know, go a couple of times a week and you will be able to tell your brain, calm down. I know you're lying. And when you're young, it's hard to disbelieve your own mind. It's very, very tricky. And then you get older. Oh, this is my brain lying to me. So it's, it's, I think it's a very useful mechanism to work around that. Yeah. That's huge. That's fucking incredible advice. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, and you made it scientific too. Well, I, I mean, I, my advice would just be go to the gym; you'll feel better. But no, no. like you, you, you put it into scientific terms. I remember the exact moment I was doing a chest press at my gym, and I had like one more set, and my brain said, "Oh, go home and write. You have you know writing to do." And I stopped. I go, "This is going to take under five minutes. This is you being exhausted and telling me to stop." And I'm like, holy, and it's the same thing with like writer's block kind of thing. And it's like, oh, you're the enemy. And I'm going to do this other set. I may not do it to completion. I may do only five reps, but I'm going to do it because the amount of time I'm going to save is absurd. It's, and I think that's very important to realize how tricky the mind is. Yeah. And that you can beat it. Yes. Yeah. Okay. You said do 50% at the gym. And I just thought that's actually super sane advice because if you go to the gym and and try to do 100% every time, that is probably not the right way to do it's it. It's literally impossible. Right. And you're setting yourself up for psychological backlash. I'll, get, I'll tell you even broader. When I first wanted to be a writer, I read this book by Dennis Johnson called Jesus' Son. And he was later like a National Book Award winner. He was a former poet. This book was written so beautifully. I thought, I'm just going to give up right now. And the advice I have to young writers, I say, go to any bookstore. Look at all the shitty, shitty books out there. That could be you. Right. You could be that mediocre writer. You don't have to be Dennis Johnson. And when you put in those terms. And and again, with young people, I always say, I don't aspire to excellence because you're not going to be able to do it. Aspire to competence. I would rather have someone working with me who says, I'll have it for you Wednesday and has it for me Wednesday that I don't have to think about it. Then they'll say, I'll have it for you Monday and they give it to me Tuesday. It doesn't make sense because I'm getting it on Tuesday, but I've kind of outsourced my brain and my workload to you. I can rely on you. So if you're a solid B plus, that is already better than 90% of people. And I know you both have worked with a lot of people in your lives and just having a competent person is such a treasure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The only acting advice I've ever given is show up on time and know your lines. That's it. That's it. Be competent. Right. Yeah. Truly, that's all you have to do. But even showing up on time and knowing your lines is ahead of the pack. Yeah. That's what's crazy. Right. Way ahead and in that's some ins- cases. You would think it's the minimum, but it's not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, yeah, 50% in the gym and you'll oh. fucking progress like crazy. Just, yeah. Just don't feel bad if you haven't leaving there exhausted. I think that's really sane because I know that the few times that I tried CrossFit, and not the few, I did it for a while. I had the idea that you have to like leave it all in the gym. And, and like die in the gym like this thing. And I wound up really injured. And so I think that for anybody who hasn't been going to the gym, the idea of going in there and punishing yourself and killing yourself every time you go in, you're going to stop going or you're going to hurt yourself. Or you're going to one day, you know, give 90% and think you're a failure. Right. I only yeah. did nine. Every, when I write, I write three pages and then I stop. If I have more in the tank, I will not write more because that way, if I get it all out tomorrow, I'm staring at a blank screen and I'm freaking the hell out. Yeah. I will always want to have more in the tank so that it's not an adversarial relationship with the work. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's kind of amazing, actually. Fucking awesome. Reps in reserve. <laughs> yeah. Some reps in reserve. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. Okay, cool. Thank you <laughs> awesome. Again. Thanks again, guys. 
Josh Horowitz and Ben Lyons also have a podcast under the Action Park Media banner called The Festival Rules. They were able to sit down with Ron Howard at Sundance and ask a question for us. Here you go. Rob, we have a, a podcast on our network that Ethan Supley does. He's a great actor who's yeah. popped up in things yeah. over the years. And, you know, you're somebody who's creating at a high level, directing, producing, mm-hmm. writing, all these things. And he wants to know you have an insatiable artistic appetite. Do you find it necessary, necessary to focus on health to meet the energy required to go out there and create at a high level? And if so, what do you focus on most? Yeah, well, that, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, especially at this point in my life, you recognize that, that you know, that, that you, you, you have to have to earn that kind of uh, you know that that sort of endurance and kind of the kind of focus that it takes to to keep telling stories and to keep to keep up with people and my little when I don't want to work out uh, and by the way I'm not I'm not spectacular but I'm steady um, and uh, and I always say I have this little mantra you've got to train if you want to maintain if you want to sustain <laughs> don't think of reasons to refrain just train. <laughs> So that, as corny as that is, it kind of, it kind of, it's kind of a kick in the ass, and I do it. I'm Ethan Suplee, and as always, joined by my chaperone, Paige Dorian. Follow us on Instagram at American Glutton Podcast. Sincerely. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.